everybody, and welcome to the Eagle's Nest Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you soar in your faith, family, finances, friendships, and fitness. Get ready for today's message with Senior Pastor of Eagle's Nest Church, Lee Jenkins. While you're seated, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you because you're so good to us. Lord, we have so much to thank you for. Our health, our strength, our families, our friends. But most of all, we thank you for dying on the cross for our sins and for giving us new life so that we can live for you and even spend eternity with you. Thank you for loving us so much that you died for us. So now, Lord, we come to you. We thank you for everything that you've done, that no matter how small and minute our problems are or some issues in our life, that you care about those issues. So now, Lord, we just submit ourselves to you. We cast our burdens on you right now. And we posture ourselves to hear from you today. Speak to us, Lord. Lord, I believe you have a word for some people today that will change their life. Have your way, oh God. Have your way. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And amen. Can we give the Lord one more hand clap of praise, everybody? The Lord is worthy to be praised. Yes, he is. Well, I'm excited to be back with you. We had a great sermon by Chris King last week. Yes, incredible job, Chris. Thank you so much for bringing the word and for inspiring us to listen to God and pick it up when God is calling. Pick up the phone. Well, I believe God wants to speak to us today, and I want to start off by telling you a story. The story is told of a very rich man who threw a lavish pool party at his palatial mansion. I mean, y'all, this was the party of parties. All of the who's who were there, all of the beautiful people were there, dressed in their fine clothes, hanging around this pool. Well, in the pool, this rich man had exotic sharks and alligators swimming in the pool that he had imported from Africa. So he was really showing off his wealth. So the rich man spoke to all his guests, and he said, whoever can swim across this pool from one side to another, I will give this person anything they want. I will give this person one of my Ferraris, one of my Porsches, one of my vacation homes. All you got to do is swim from one side of the pool to the other side of the pool. Obviously, nobody wanted to do that because there were exotic sharks and alligators in the pool. All of a sudden, there was a big splash, 
And this man starts swimming frantically across the pool. And the sharks came at him, y'all, and this guy ducked down underwater, and then some of the alligators came at him. I mean, it was a sight to see this guy swimming through the sharks and through the alligators, and he finally reached the other side. And everybody was clapping. They said, oh, my God. And the guy got out of the water. <sighs> he was breathing hard. <sighs> and the rich man came to him. And the rich man said, oh, my God, man, you are so brave. I didn't believe anybody could do it. He says, now I, I will get you anything that you want. You want one of my cars? You want one of my vacations home? What do you want? The man said, I just want the name of the person who pushed me in the pool. <laughs> You see, sometimes you have to be pushed to your greatness, okay? Sometimes you have to be pushed in order to be blessed. Can we give God praise for that? So he got his car, he got his vacation home, but he had to be pushed. Somebody say pushed. So today I'm going to be talking to you about how God pushes us out of our comfort zone in order to achieve his purposes in our lives, in order to develop us to the person that we're supposed to be, and in order to prepare us for what we're supposed to do. God often pushes us out of a place that we feel comfortable in. We're going to use as our primary passage Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 11 and 12. I'm going to be reading this verse from the English Standard Version. Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, one of the first five books of the Bible um, that Moses authored. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 11 and verse 12. Let's look at it as our key passage for today. And it says, Like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that flutters over its young, spreading out its wings, catching them, bearing them on its pinions, which means wings, so the Moses, Moses is describing something here, like an eagle. By the way, I've been in this, um, this mode of talking about eagles and comparing our lives to eagles. So Moses says, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, flutters over its young, spreading out its wings, catching them, bearing them on its pinions, the Lord alone guided him. Him is a reference to Israel. No foreign God was with him. So the Lord guided Israel, guided God's people, and, and there was no foreign God in them. I want to speak to you today from the subject. God is stirring your nest. God is stirring your nest. Now, notice I did not ask you a question. I did not say, is God stirring your nest? 
I am making the assumption that God is stirring your nest. In other words, there is some part of your life right now that God is pushing you, making you feel uncomfortable, stirring you in. In fact, if you're not being stirred in any area of your life, that means you probably aren't walking by faith. Because if you walk by faith, God is going to be continually pushing you out of your comfort zone because he wants you to depend on him. So if you're super comfortable in every area of your life, if if you're super complacent, if everything is going good, that means there is no stirring in your life. And if there's no stirring, that means you probably aren't walking by faith in that particular area. God is stirring your nest. Now, two weeks ago, I talked about the eagle. I said um, in my title, how can we become an eagle in a world full of turkeys or chickens? (laughs) You see, the eagle's life symbolizes our Christian life many times. Eagles are mentioned several times throughout the Bible And they are metaphorically used to convey themes like leadership, strength, protection, renewal, excellence, and divine guidance. That's why 12 years ago, almost 12 years ago, 11 and a half or so years ago, I named this church Eagle's Nest Church because I believe God has called me to help develop leaders and eagles, people who go out into the world and make a difference. How many eagles do we have out there today? All right, raise your hands. Yes. I didn't call the church chicken nest church, okay, or pigeon nest church, or turkey nest church. We're eagles nest church because there are over 35 references or so in the Bible that talk about eagles. So what do I mean, and what does Deuteronomy 32.11 mean when it says stirring the nest? What does the scripture mean when it says that? Well, here is a practical definition of stirring from Google, from Webster's, from ChatGPT, okay? (laughs) Check this out. This is a practical definition of stirring. Stirring means to rouse from inactivity, to agitate, to put into action, to stimulate, to disturb, to galvanize. So that's what to stir means that. But what about from a spiritual standpoint? What does stirring mean? What what does it mean when God stirs us? Look at this definition. 
Stirring is how God allows or orchestrates circumstances to disturb complacency in our lives, to prompt growth and bring people into a deeper relationship with him. So I believe that's what God wants to do today. He wants to disturb some of those areas that we have been complacent in. But he doesn't just disturb us just to agitate us. He disturbs us because he wants us to grow. And why does he want us to grow? So we can experience a deeper relationship with Jesus. And sometimes comfortable circumstances don't take us deeper. Now, we wish they would, but they don't. Sometimes we have to be stirred. That brings me to another definition. What is the nest? What is the nest in your life? Let's look and see the definition of a nest. The nest represents a place of comfort, security, and familiarity. That place of comfort. And we all like comfort. We all like security. And we all like to be around things that we are familiar with, and nothing is wrong with that, unless you become so familiar, so comfortable, so secure that you don't want to change. You don't want to move. You don't want to evolve. You don't want to grow. You think you have arrived spiritually. And God is trying to take you deeper with him and we don't want to go because we are stuck in the nest. You see, we all have nests. Some of our nests are the people that we hang around. God is trying to break us out of certain relationships and bring us into new relationships, a people that can, uh, that can stretch us. Some, some of our nests are, uh, are resources, money, and material things because we're comfortable. We're comfortable with our little giving, with our little tipping of God. And then God is asking us to sacrifice sometimes, to trust him sometimes in our giving, to, to, to trust him with our tithes and offerings, to trust him with giving sacrificially maybe to a ministry or a project, something like Project Soar. But sometimes we don't want to move out of our comfort zone financially because we want to be in a certain, you know, a certain status. And if I give this amount, then what's going to happen? But see, that's the way God moves us from faith to faith. That's the way God moves us from one level to another. You can't go to another level financially or relationally if you don't step out on faith. If you're not doing something that's uncomfortable. Now, some of y'all getting excited about that, and some of y'all, you're, you're quiet because you know God is dealing with you. You know God is stirring you, and nobody gets excited about being stirred because a lot of times it's painful. It's scary. It's fearful. In fact, some of us might think it's the devil stirring us. God may be dealing with you about, I'll use giving for an example, maybe dealing with you about giving more generous, and you say, I rebuke that, Satan. 
because it may not make sense to you. So a lot of our nests are people. A lot of our nests are material things. Uh, how about this? Some of our nests are, 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 is our faith. We, we don't want to grow spiritually. We say we do, but we don't want to grow spiritually. And one of the ways God grows us spiritually is by stirring, agitating our lives, by getting us out of a place of comfort, security, and familiarity. So we have to depend on him. So a stirring is often necessary to get us out of our nest out of our comfort into our courage zone. Did y'all catch that? There are two kinds of zones that you're going to live in. You're either going to live in your comfort zone or your courage zone. And you don't need courage in a safe environment. You don't need faith in a safe environment. And some of us have been planted safe in just about every area of our life. And God is trying to stir your nest. So what was God through Moses trying to tell the Israelites? What is God trying to tell us today? Well, let's look again at Deuteronomy 32, 11. It says, like an eagle that stirs up its nest. So eagles, I'm going to describe that to you in a minute. They literally, the parent eagles, the mother or the father eagle, one of the things that they do to their young, to the eaglets, is they stir up the nest. I'm going to tell you what that means in a minute. And then it says, this eagle flutters over its young. And then they spread out their wings, catching them. And then it says, bearing them on its pinions or wings. That's incredible imagery. It's incredible. So you have to know something about how the parent eagles, the mother and the father eagles, how they train their eaglets to fly. Because this is an example, this verse is describing how young eaglets learn how to fly. Now, what's amazing, you all, these are the words of Moses. These are the words of Moses as the Israelites were getting ready to enter into the promised land. This was sort of like Moses' farewell speech to the children of Israel. In fact, uh, theologians call this the songs of Moses. So out of all the things Moses could have talked about in his farewell speech, he talked about eagles. Let me tell you why. Back to the story of how eagles train the eaglets how to fly. When eagles are born, they are little bitty eaglets. Well, in preparation for them being born, eagles do the same thing that humans do. 
many of you who have had babies and when the, the woman was pregnant, you didn't wait until the baby came to go buy the baby carriage or the baby bed. What you did is you went to the store and you bought a you know, baby bed, a carriage, a bassinet. You decorated the room. You made that room very comfortable because you were expecting a baby to come. And so the eagles do the same thing. They go out and they gather little branches and they build these nests. And then they go out and they get leaves and they put leaves inside of the nest, almost like a little mattress, so the baby can be comfortable. And then they might go out and they might kill an animal and get the fur from an animal or some of the animal skins, and they will put that in the nest too. So they have these branches that are made uh, to look like a nest, and then within these branches is almost like a self-made mattress full of leaves animal skins, and fur. So when the eaglet is little, the eagles, the parent eagles, they put the little eaglets in the nest and they feed the little eaglets. They go out and they find food for them. They do the same thing that we do to our babies. And y'all, let's be honest, that is the life for the eaglet. I mean, you get fed, all you got to do is cry. That's all you got to do. Y'all remember when you had babies and you go feed the babies. The eagles do the same thing. They just, they're at the babies, the eaglets beck and call. But after a while, the parent eagle knows that it's time to get this little eaglet out of the nest. Because eaglets aren't born to be in the nest, eagles are born to be in the sky. But here's the problem. The eaglet doesn't want to get out of the nest. The eaglet is happy. The eaglet is comfortable. The eaglet is being fed. Why would the eaglet want to get out of the nest when everything is being done for him? So the parent has to create a situation to get the eaglet out of the nest So the eaglet can do what it was born to do because the eaglet was not born to stay in the nest. The eaglet was born to soar, just like you're born to soar. So what does the eagle do? The eagle goes in the nest and starts taking out the leaves, taking out the animal skins, taking out the fur. So now the little eaglet gets poked. The little eaglet is not comfortable anymore. Matter of fact, the little eaglet thinks his mama and daddy has gone crazy. The the eaglet is like, mama, daddy, have you lost your mind? Have any of y'all ever asked God, God, what are you doing? Don't you love me? Well, that's what happens to the eaglet. And so first they stir the nest. That's called stirring the nest, making it uncomfortable. And then the mother or father eagle gets in front of the baby eagle and starts flapping the wings. They start fluttering over their young. Why are they doing that? Because the eaglet likes to imitate their parents. So the eaglet is looking at the eagle and looking at them and says, okay, I'll try to do that. I'll try to do that. And they start fluttering, okay? And then they start spreading out their wings. 
Okay, but here's what happens, you all. They're not strong enough to fly yet. So they start spreading their wings, coming out of the nest, and they start falling because their wings haven't been developed yet. And any of y'all ever felt like you were falling, like the bottom was falling out of your life? And guess what God does? He catches us just like the eagle catches them, swoops down and catches them, brings them back up to the nest. Then they try it again the next day. The little eagle baby eaglet flaps his wings, goes down, boom, catch him again. And then one day they come out of the nest, and this time they don't have to catch him because the wings are strong enough now to fly on its own. But you see, it never would have happened if the parents had let that eaglet stay in that nest to stay comfortable. And the same thing happens with us, you all. In order for us to be thrust into our destiny to make an impact for God, we got to get out of the nest. You got to get out of your comfort zone. So I want to look at the life very quickly of one of the most popular Old Testament characters, the life of Abraham. He was called Abram. I'm going to refer to him as Abraham most of the time. And he is considered father, at least a human father of the Christian faith. His faith earned him the title of spiritual father of those who follow Jesus. He is revered in Jewish, Christian, and Muslim traditions. I just want to look at his life because I believe he is a perfect example of someone who got his nest, his life stirred, and then went on to do something great. All right? It really starts in Genesis chapter 11, verses 31 and 32. Genesis chapter 11. You've probably read this before, and it was no big deal, but it really sets up what Abraham had to do. Genesis 11, 31 and 32. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Let's look at it. One day Terah took his son Abram, who is Abraham. I'll refer to him as Abraham most of the time. Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarah, his son Abram's wife, so y'all remember Abraham and Sarah, you know, they had a baby at 100 years old. Well, they were young, right, pretty much right here. And they took his grandson Lot, his son's Haran's child, and here's the key, and moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans, or the Chaldeans. Okay, that may not mean anything to you, but Ur was a prosperous city, but it was an idol-worshiping city. So Abraham came from an idol-worshiping family. Let's, let's, look at, let's look at the next verse. Talking about Terah, the dad, Abram's dad. He was headed for the land of Canaan, headed for the promised land, but they stopped. Somebody say stopped. They stopped at Haran and settled there. Say settled. Terah lived for 205 years and died while still in Haran. 
Oh, that's full of revelation right here, you all. They were supposed to go to Canaan, the promised land. That was their destiny, but they stopped and settled. The same thing a lot of us do. They stop, we stop, and we what? Settle. In other words, instead of pursuing God's best for us, we stop and we settle. In other words, we stop because this is comfortable. If I keep going further, I might encounter more opposition, more adversity. So let me just stop right here. Let me stop right here in my faith. Let me just settle in to this church and, and not, not do much. Let me stop right here in my career. Let me stop right here in my friendships. Let me just settle right here. Now, maybe Abram, out of honor for his father, was waiting until his father died. Because it says Terah lived for 205 years and died while still in Haran. But he was supposed to be in Canaan. Don't die in Herod when you're supposed to be in Canaan. In other words, a lot of people, they don't fulfill what they're supposed to fulfill. And they end up dying there. They end up settling there. Okay, now let's look at what he did. What to do when God is stirring your nest. I'm going to go over these quickly, and we're going to look at the life of Abram or Abraham. What do you and I do when God is stirring your nest? Well, we're going to do the same thing Abraham did. Number one, we must listen to God's voice. You got to hear God. You won't ever know he's stirring your nest if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You won't, you can't listen to someone you don't have a relationship with. So one of the reasons we don't know when we've been stirred is because we don't have a profound, intimate relationship with Jesus. So we don't hear Jesus talking to us. My wife could be in a crowd of women. And if I am nearby and I hear somebody say, babe, I know it's Martika. Now, it could be 50 women, but it's just the way she says, babe. Hey, babe. Oh, I know, that's, I know that sexy voice. Uh-huh. It could be anybody, but I, oh, that's my wife talking. So I'll turn around. Now, how would I know it's not 40 other women? Because I know my wife's voice. Because I have an intimate relationship with her. You ought to be able to know God's voice because you have an intimate relationship with him. If you don't have an intimate relationship with Jesus, you won't be able to know his voice. Now, what does that have to do with Abram? Let's look at Genesis 12.1. Now, this is a continuation of Genesis 11, and then it, it goes into Genesis 12. It says, the Lord had said to Abram, so the first thing God did to take him out of his comfort zone into his courage zone was he talked to Abram. 
There are five ways we can hear from God. You all, there are many ways, but these are the five main ways. I'm going to do a sermon on this later on, but I still want to give this to you because some of y'all are like, how do you hear from God? Do you hear from God audibly? Well, you can. I would, I'm not going to limit how God can speak to you, but for most of us, we won't hear from God audibly. So how do you hear from God? How did I hear from God to start this church? to leave my business career. How does a person hear from God? I'm going to give you five things to look at right quick. I'm not going to elaborate on them, but I just want to throw them out there, and maybe a little bit later on this year, I'll do a sermon on this so we can dig deep. Here here are a couple of ways. Uh, The Word of God, the Bible. Did you know the Bible can talk to you? The Word of God is one of the ways you hear from God. Okay, look at this next one. Look at this one. The peace of God, which is the Holy Spirit talking to you or making you feel comfortable or uncomfortable about a situation. Don't ever override the word of God or the peace of God. Sometimes it might be okay for you to do it, but you don't have peace about it. Okay, look at this third one. The people of God. Now, this is one we break a whole lot. That means the counsel of godly people. It's okay to go talk to somebody and say, hey, here's how I feel like God is stirring me. What do you think? But make sure somebody who has a profound relationship with Christ. How about this one right here? The providence of God. That means circumstances. Sometimes circumstances, God can guide us through circumstances. And then this last one, look at this, the wisdom of God. I call it common sense. God is not stupid. Now, will God ask us occasionally to do something that makes, that doesn't make sense? Yes. But most of the time, there's going to be some wisdom behind it. So how do you know when God is stirring your nest, you hear his voice? Number two, When God is stirring your nest, you have to do this also. Obey God's instruction. So it's one thing to listen to God. It's a whole other thing to step out on faith and do it. Because remember, he's stirring your nest. You heard from him. And now you have to obey his instruction. Let's look back at verse 1. So after God spoke to uh, Moses, um, it's not Moses, Abraham, he says, leave. Somebody say leave. It says, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family. Wow. You all have to understand, they didn't have mobile phones back in those days. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have emails. They didn't have uh, FaceTiming. So if you left your country, your relatives, your super close family, your father's family, your brothers and your sisters, there was a very good chance you would never see them ever again. See, we read that and we say, that's no big deal. I'll just call them. I leave Georgia. I go to California. No big deal. But back in those days, it was a very strong possibility that once you left them, that was it. So God is telling Abraham, and uh, he's saying, leave. Leave. Now, how do we know that Abraham or Abram 
obeyed. We have to jump down to verse 4 in chapter 12. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. 75. That ought to encourage some of you all. Because you're never too late to listen to God and to obey God. So, we have to obey God's instruction. Lastly, we have to trust God's leading. Trust is leading. Okay, let's look back at Genesis 12.1. God told him this, you all. And go to the land that I will show you. Wait a minute. Shouldn't you tell me exactly where I should go? He just said, go to the land, and while you're going, while you're walking, I'll show you where to go. I'll guide and lead you. In other words, you're going to have to walk by faith. So, Abraham didn't know where he was going. He was called to step out on faith without full knowledge of the destination. And I want to end with verses 2 and 3 in Genesis chapter 12. Look at what happened because of his obedience. God says, I will make you into a great nation. That means God was going to do something with Abram or Abraham. He eventually changed his name and he says, you're going to have a generational impact. Just suppose... Your obedience is not just about you, but it's about future generations. Just suppose even as we are in Project SOAR, giving toward this new property, yes, we will get a chance to enjoy it if we are obedient, if we step out on faith and give. But the fact of the matter is, y'all, it may not be just for us. We may be setting up, and I know we are setting up the next generation who will do greater things than what we will ever do. But then he says, I will bless you and make you famous. So God wanted to bless him generationally, but God also wanted to bless him personally. But then he says this, and you will be a blessing to others. God wanted to bless him generationally. God wanted to bless him personally, and God wanted to bless him so he could be a blessing. So that's what it's all about, you all. God wants to bless us, not just for us, but so we can impact generations. He's stirring our nest. He's stirring your life because he has something greater for you that you're supposed to accomplish for his kingdom and for his purpose. So here's what I want to do as we come to a close. I want to have a special prayer for those of you who you know God is stirring your life in a particular area. In other words, he's pushing you. It's uncomfortable. You may be fearful. Maybe it's writing that book. Maybe it's stepping out of ministry. Maybe it has something to do with your career. Maybe it has something to do with the relationship. Maybe it has something to do with your faith. You digging in the word. I don't know. But you know. So I'm not going to waste any time. Stand right now. Those of you online, you can stand where you are. Stand right now if you're saying, Pastor Lee. No, really, you're saying, God, I need 
you to keep stirring me because I know you're trying to take me somewhere. And I'm not going to let this comfortable environment that I'm in keep me from doing what you've called me to do. Father in heaven, we come to you right now. We thank you again for loving us so much that you will disturb our life. You will agitate us. You will push us out of our comfort zone. You will make us uncomfortable. Not because you don't love us, but because you do love us. So Father, I'm praying for those right now who need to step out on faith. They know that area. So Lord, I'm praying right now for them because I know your grace is sufficient. I know you can see what we can't see. That's why we have to walk by faith. So Father, I'm praying, oh God, that they will hear from you, which presupposes that they have a profound relationship with you. Father, I'm praying that they will obey your instructions. I'm praying that they will step out on faith right now. Give them the grace to do that. Give them the boldness to do that right now. So Father, I pray for them and ask you to use them in a mighty way, just like you did with Abraham. Father, I pray that they will have a generational impact on whatever this decision is. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise, everybody. Welcome back. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Pastor Lee or Eagles Nest Church, visit our website at eaglesnestchurch.org. That's all one word, eaglesnestchurch.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay connected with us throughout the week. If you're ever in the Atlanta area, we would love for you to come and worship with us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Until next time, Eagles.